It's Wednesday, May 13, and this is Rev Thoughts, snackable conversations between Tim Thompson and myself, Joel Pilger. Our topic today is June is coming. So, Joel, we're about mid May in 2020. Um, we've dealt with for nearly, it seems like eight weeks, maybe 10 weeks or so, people have been um, processing COVID 19 pandemic. And what that has meant is a lot of people have closed down businesses or restructured business. Economically, there's things that are shifting because of that. And then there's this infusion of cash that many people have received around the world. As we listen to um, some of our clients and our guests on the daily briefings, we can hear that throughout the world, there are these infusions of cash coming from the government. In reality, all that's going to come to an end at some point, right? Now, the pandemic is going to come to an end. The uh, quarantine is going to come to an end. The people are going to run out of cash. The, the money is going to come to an end. And they're going to have to start making new decisions. Um, when you think about that moment, what do you think the number one priority is of, of all that, of a business owner, when it all kind of comes to an end? What would you think? Like, you are a business owner. Once you think through it, like, what would be the first thing you're thinking of as a business owner? Okay, well, way to put me on the spot since <laughs> I didn't even know what you were going to ask me. Um, I would say this, I know as a business owner, the years that I was running my business, I always sensed when the earth was moving beneath my feet. That's the expression I used. And it kept me up at night at times because I knew something was changing. I just couldn't see it. Like I couldn't look underneath the surface of the earth, but I knew I was going to wake up in a month or two and say, aha. So in those times, I knew that I needed to be making my own momentum in some sort of a direction. I couldn't just sit and wait and spend that cash, wait it out. Because once the thing emerged, it's a lot like the stock market, right? When everyone's buying, no, you should not be buying, right? The herd mentality is absolutely lethal. And it's the same idea in business. So I would say to an owner, my encouragement is, if there's something that, if you are clear about what your genius is, you're confident the way your, position, your firm is positioned, if you're, then move forward. If you're not, figure that out right now and start moving forward because a month or two when the earth has moved and we start to see that new economy emerge, you will, you will have regrets. That's how I'll put it. Oh, that's great. So it sounds to me like what you're saying is, is that there's some sense of a desire to, to go from a moment where you're out of control to kind of take back control, that you are, aren't, you're no longer waiting for things that were uncertain, but sort of establishing some sort of sense of certainty. But then let me ask you, let me ask you this next kind of follow-up question. What, did you, what do you think your greatest responsibility is in that moment? So I get like, now I understand you as a business owner, you're like, okay, wait a second. I want to get back under control. I want to kind of get rid of some uncertainty and add some certainty. But what or who are you being, who's your first level responsibility? Or maybe the maybe easiest, the greatest level responsibility you have in that moment. Well, if you're asking as a business owner, what's your greatest responsibility? Yes. Yeah, it's, well, it's, it's to yourself, to your team, to your community, which I would call your clients and your vendors and all those relationships. And then that extended community of all the people and their families, right, that, you, that you're helping uh, support and providing career and uh, a future to. That's, that's where my thought goes in terms of who you're responsible to. And I will say this that 
you, as a leader, this is tough. As a leader, consensus is important, but in times like this, consensus doesn't really get you anything. You have to lead. <laughs> you so have to right. lead, right? It's <laughs> so not, true. you know, we, we often say it's not a democracy, right? A business that's well run is like a benevolent dictatorship. And in times like this, as, as maddening as it is, because you have such limited information, you still have the responsibility to step up and lead. So you, you played right into my hands, by the way. Did I? Okay. Yes, you did a good job. <laughs> Either that's the right answer or it's whatever answer I programmed into you ahead of time. Using well, I'm glad I guessed right. I had, I had no idea where you were going with that. So, Yeah, to me, the, um, here's, here's what's interesting, I believe, that um, in a time of uncertainty, really creates some fear in us. And uh, we have a specific uncertainty because of the pandemic. But you and I know, I've been doing this for 12 years now, there's a lot of uncertainty. And a lot of business owners have come to us with a sense of not knowing what to do, what's going to happen next, where their next paycheck's going to come from. It's, it's a constant need within the business. So we said it early on, eight, eight, nine weeks ago when we were doing our daily briefings, we told business owners, you've actually dealt with uncertainty before. Hmm. You, you actually have. It's just that we're all dealing with it together. So it feels different, but you have, you know what this feels like and you've done it before. So let's go back to the basics and let's understand them. And then let's reprogram what we're going to do and how we're going to respond to it. But I believe as you, because your answer, the other one was, is you're up at 2 a.m. So that 2 a.m. issue is often about other people, right? It's, it's that overall stress that we have that we're responsible for something greater than just our petty little self. Because if it was just us, we would just like get into an Uber, drive it, you know, eat hot dogs and survive for a little while. But it's when we took on other responsibilities and people are depending on us that we've put that on our shoulders. And so we have to think through something greater than just what's in our mind. And again, like business owners, we're dealing with this all the time. What we face now is kind of really interesting because we've all faced the uncertainty, meaning the entire world, which is absolutely unique. Like it's unique to our generation and maybe a hundred years ago, but in no way at this scale, because the internet didn't exist and Zoom didn't exist across the planet a hundred years ago in 1918. So first time ever we've dealt with this at this scale, everyone is starting from the same point, same ground level and new things going to happen. And we have a definite deadline because the pandemic is going to end the quarantine's going to end and the money's going to run out. Cash is going to We We know what that, I mean, we don't know it to the day, but we could pretty much cl be close to it. And I know that that day begins in June, 2020. I know it because that's when the PPP money runs out in the US and across the world. And all of a sudden you have to make your own money. And when you have to make your own money in a new economy, you have to ask new questions about sales, where my money's going to come from marketing, who am I in this new marketplace? So I'm not tone deaf production. So I'm qualifying those projects and leads and then operations or finance or whatever the rest of that stuff is to say, and I will take care of the people I'm responsible for. All that's coming. It's a reckoning and it's coming sooner than we ever want it to be. And those 2 a.m. issues are going to be 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m., 5 a.m. issues if we don't go tackle this dragon sooner than later. Well, you, you and I have said several times and other people have even said this on the daily briefing with us, that ironically, the virus has exposed our weaknesses, right? In these creative firms that we've been talking to. And you're right. I would say 
one of the biggest weaknesses that I've seen is there are some incredibly awesome and amazing creative firms and that are out there that have been thriving, that have been killing it. And you and I noticed a pattern, right? How many owners mentioned to us a few months ago, I'm finally killing it, right? We're finally getting our due. We're finally getting those budgets. We're finally getting all of the accolades and all of the, it's finally working. And nothing against those individual owners. Obviously they've earned it and that's great. But when everyone is saying that, you, you can't help but pause and say, well, is there some sort of a bubble? Now then when the pandemic hits, you, it, there are some of those firms that were really being run on, maybe I, you can help me find a better word, but in a sense, they were creating so much value, they were spending less than they made, but they really weren't actually managing things. They weren't really directing their the way they run their business with much intention, it's kind of like they just got lucky. Everything kind of worked out. And then when the pandemic hits, they suddenly realize, I don't know how to make decisions to run my business in this new reality or new economy that's emerging. And that's incredibly disruptive. Yeah. And when we first started this podcast in 2018, you, you and I were sitting down at a diner on Sunset Boulevard and I predicted this moment. I was talking about how because everyone was experiencing an up, that business owners believed that they, it was their reckoning. They finally got what they were worth and they didn't realize the entire, all ships were rising with the same tide. And it was just a new normal. It was higher than usual, but we were all going to experience a, a, a dip down together. I, had, I did not by any means predict or want it to be this one. But the reality is, is that that's something we're constantly dealing with with, our, with the economy of our business and our industry is these ships rise and fall with the same tide. Um, and how we deal with that or how we set ourselves apart so that we're not stuck with the winds that blow pushing us back and forth really comes down to who we are as a business owner, the principles and practices we put in place, and our visibility to think differently. We can't be pulled into that herd mentality. If we believe what everyone else is believing, we'll never separate ourselves from the crowd. And it's those people that we, at the top that are the ones that separate themselves from the crowd early enough. And they're the ones that, res, that we respect and they're the ones with influence in the long run. Uh, well, the, 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 thing, the four ingredients that you just named, um, I think it's worth reiterating because that's not, that's not just your anecdotal thought off the top of your head. That's really a pattern recognition <clears throat> exercise that you and I have been going through now for 10 weeks, asking the question, what are the weaknesses? How can we build people up? How can we make this uh, community of owners and their businesses stronger? So I think it's worth just repeating, right? The marketing, who are you? You know, what do you say about yourself? Sales, and, how and are in you? This gonna... mar and in this time and place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. In a timely and relevant and non-tone non deaf way. Uh, sales being how do you build trust and take your expertise out into the marketplace. Uh, production, how do you actually manage it once you get, gain those opportunities uh, and put in those controls. And then finance, right? How do you actually measure it and in, in start investing and not just hope that you get lucky and that there's money left over at the end of every project? Yeah, and qualifying those clients, qualifying those leads and qualifying those decisions so you can play them out, have some visibility to those decisions, not just guess and then hope you're right. 
you know, you, there are pr practices and principles you can put in place so that when you make decisions, if you're using a cash board to do your cash flow, if you're using a roll-up to do your production roll-up, you can see decision points and results of those decisions. And we can see it all the time with our clients and to learn that and control that, that's, there's a gift there. And the greatest gift again is that the reset's happening to all of us. So those who stand out now will stand out later. Um, we, that's what we want people to be part of. I also want, don't want it to become a 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m., and 5 a.m. issue. I just want it to be the 2 a.m. issue and then get back to sleep, right? Because you can <laughs> right. basically open it back up, look at the cash board, like, whew, you know, I, I, that was just a bad dream. I actually can see cash flow for the next eight, 10 weeks. I'm in good shape. 215, 230, you're back on the pillow and falling back to sleep. Well, um, we want to make sure people feel that sense of comfort. It, it has been a, a, a true joy. And that's maybe a corny word, but it is. It's the, for the past, whatever, eight weeks, when we started doing these cash flows and building roll-ups and doing this inside my group with Confab, right? Um, talking to the people in Jumpstart, we said, hey, let's stop our curriculum and talk about managing cash and building you a roll-up. So we've seen firsthand how many people, um, let's see, I want to borrow Jason's term when he said uh, it's been like cataract surgery right? Being able to see for the first time. And it's, 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 it's been very, very cool uh, and gratifying, I think, for you and I both to, when things changed, to put some of these ideas and concepts into people's hands and see the impact um, happen really quickly. And people come back and say, wow, okay, now I get it, right? Like, I didn't, I didn't think I needed it a few months ago because I just was lucky. Everything was working out. Now you realize, okay, there, is, there are some principles that will better serve my company during this time and for the, the future. So let's talk about what we see June, July, August, September like in our industry. You know, we're going to come back to work. Some of that work's going to trickle in slowly for us. And of course, it's coming back in the middle of summer, which traditionally is a low period for most segments of our industry, not all of them. So we're going to hit, we're going to come back to work from a super low spot into a low spot, which will feel big, but it's not everything. So our runway even has to be longer as we get back to work. And you can't imagine your business being the way it, way it was. Joel, I think you were on that email this morning from, I'll just say his name is Mark. And he said, oh, you know, thanks for running the cash board with us. Um, he's had to finally make the decisions that he wanted to. And he used the term, now that I've made these decisions, I feel like I put myself back three years right? I'm going back three years is what he said. And I had to reset him to say, just out of clarity, you know, um, you're comparing this current situation to a past that's no longer relevant, right? If the whole pandemic didn't happen and you made these decisions, then you could recognize that. But making that decision now is actually about your future and not comparing yourself to a past. That past is totally gone. We want people to reset their mind and reset their standards right now so that when they come back to work in June, July, and August, um, they understand what that economy is going to be like so that when the fall hits, they're positioned in sales and marketing to generate the revenue and start controlling the revenue. So we're going to control our production and finances from the get-go, have some understanding and some timeline and a runway to get sales and marketing back at work, pivot that sales and marketing, keep it out there, keep it moving for us so we can generate revenue and then respond back to our finance and sales models to make sure it works and respond back again to sales and marketing come January, 2021, where it's going to be a new year and that cycle begins. 
but you have to kind of like, you know, it's like turning over the car at the very beginning. You actually like get to generate one set of sparks and the gas to go before the engine starts to run. And that's what uh, people need to do right now. They need that revolution. I know. They need to revolve that engine. That revolve word again. Well, I'm looking at Mark's uh, email that you mentioned, and that's why I was sitting here grinning from ear to ear because I actually pulled it up. up. And I thought it was, it was really cool what he said because he said it feels like going back three years, but he said this, at the same time, I see this as a great opportunity to grow and improve our business model with all the uh, knowledge from Jumpstart. Now, Jumpstart, I think it's, let's just insert the word community there, right? Like community and insights. And I think this is one of the things that's so powerful that he's been through this experience called, hey, I've been exposed to all this, these new ideas and these new approaches, and I'm going to leverage it. I'm going to use it. I'm going to put this to, to good use now. So yes, I like it, 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 at first you would think, oh, going back three years, it feels like you lost something. But I, I don't think you would say he lost anything. No, I, he's definitely gained, he's gained momentum because now he has a long enough runway to take advantage of the change. Uh, eight, eight weeks ago, we had this thing called the toilet paper myth. And uh, it, was a, it was the myth we had discovered or made up when we realized, you know, when you first got to the store and all the toilet paper was gone. And, but if you went to, I mean, this is a, this is a virus. This is, you're going to have the symptoms of the flu. All the toilet paper is gone. But if you went to the, the pharmaceutical section of the store, there was still Advil and, and Flonase and whatever. The, the flu medicine was still there. And you're thinking, everyone had it wrong. Everyone's panicking and they're grabbing the wrong stuff. The stuff that they need was over here. Um, the same thing, we might need to find a new myth, but the same thing's going to happen here. The, the, the mob mentality at this time people are going to have it wrong. They're going to go grab the proverbial toilet paper moment here too, and they're going to be chasing the wrong stuff. And we want to reset people to the understanding of classical greatness and, 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 and like the universal truths that are always there of how to run a business. And we, you need to understand spend less than you make, right? So in Mark's case, he's not resetting himself. He had to restructure and right size his business to spend less than he makes. Very simple. And then grow from that point, but you're always growing your business. When, yeah. when, when would Mark say like, I wasn't trying to grow in 20, 20, you know, 2019? That wasn't true. He's always trying to grow his business. So to reset, right size and then grow is the same steps you've always gone through. It's just a recon, reconciliation of, of the opportunities, the time and the, and the resources he has on, on hand right now. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I was just speaking with one of my clients today and she was making this point, which I thought was valid. And that was, well, during this time right now, it's all I can do to just take care of my existing business, right? Like my repeat customers, my clients that trust me, I'm going to go back to them. But the, the complaint was, the problem is a lot of them are telling me I've only got half the budget or that project's been postponed. And I said, can I just play devil's advocate? What if you put an hour or two each week into new business. And I know that sounds nuts during this time, but I'm just telling you that a little investment, just plant this little seed, you know, like that mustard seed analogy, just plant a seed called an hour or two a week, because if you know what your genius is, you have that positioning figured out, you're ready. And small investments are going to reap big dividends a few months from now. But just saying, I'm going to hold on, I've got my PPP money. I'm going to just take half the money that I'm accustomed to getting from these clients and just 
go into a scarcity mentality. That's the best I can hope for. I don't think that's going to serve you well over the long term. Absolutely not. And, and I think that some people are afraid to do sales because they don't have their messaging very clear. We've been doing some website roasts over the last couple of weeks just to point out that the, the need to have strong positioning no matter when, no matter when you're marketing your company, under any situation, you have to have some clarity of who you are and have a clear positioning. But today, to land on a website that's tone deaf, that's just basically showing like, look, look at my latest work and have no understanding of what that work is and what's necessary for your clients. Um, we, I talk about the, the client's decision-making points of preservation and, and promotion. And they're often like the client's either choosing preservation, meaning like I'll keep with what I've done year over year, don't wanna change very much, or promotion. I'm gonna do something different. I'm gonna advance my cause or even try to get a personal promotion. Um, right now, what I'm recognizing is that in order to preserve, they must promote. So now you have this, these contrasting ideas that now that you collaborate together and your marketing matters when they're making that decision. They have to feel secure in your ability to innovate. They have to sec feel secure in your ability to think differently. And you have to be, feel secure in your ability to promote a new cause in a new way with new words. And if you're just showing old stuff and you're just in preservation, you're in, you're in big trouble. And if you're just in promotion, you're going to be too scary to work with. That's well, a very big nuance that is, again, that's at a very acute time and acute issue. It's not going to last forever, but it's happening right now. It's happening right now. And it's going to last at least for a few months until we get out of this learning curve and get uh, people back into a confidence place. Well, it's, it's, you know, I started asking this question, right? When we said, hey, where will this community in the daily briefing and some of our other clients, how can we pull them all together and, and push everyone forward as a community? And we came up with this idea for Revolve as an accelerator. And, but the other thing that was interesting was you and I also asked this question, how can we give everyone a really rapid shot in the arm, like a boost in just three or four weeks? And that forced me to really collapse my thinking and ask, okay, if I don't have everybody for nine weeks, like I would in a normal accelerator format, if I only have a week or two, where, what would I, what would I teach? What would I share? How, how would I encourage them? How would I, we would even structure the group and seeing all these ideas collapse into the, the seven, uh, sort of these seven sins of not standing out and the, the death of the demo reel montage and some of these other, even these hacks, like just positioning hacks, like go through, do these four or five things. These are the simplest, easiest things. So you do not come out tone deaf at this time. And it's been, I'm, I'm exciting. It's like seeing my, a lot of my thoughts and ideas and everything kind of collapse into something hopefully very uh, crisp and actionable. And I'm, I'm, I know some people are going to be like, okay, now that I can do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'll also say that you're right. This infusion that we're going to give them from the very beginning in these four weeks, you know, I think what's going to make it stick more is the communities we're building, the small groups that we're going to do in the Revolve. Even if you're not part of our Revolve, you're just, if you're just a listener and, and you're catching on to this, really collaborating with others is a key component we recognize right now. You have to get how to, outside of your own thought bubble if you have friends that are business owners and you can collaborate with them and share and start processing some critical thinking together, like start sharing the task of solving the problem with one another, 
and put a collective effort to it, not only will you get through it sooner because you're spreading out the, the effort, but it's going to stick. You're going to have a collaboration group to continue with throughout the time as you need to evolve. You're going to get a solid sounding board. So you're not just guessing what needs to be done. You can get some honest feedback from these people. So you want to be part of a small group that you can trust that's on the same page, learning the same stuff with you, but you have to get outside your own head. It's too stressful. It's way, way, way too stressful to do this as a business owner by yourself at 2 a.m. You can't do it. It's not, it's not a good way of taking care of these issues. Well, I'll second and third and fourth that because I think that's actually the biggest surprise for owners that go through this type of a process with us is I don't know why, but they don't, I don't know, they don't expect it. And then they have this experience with other owners processing the same issues and they realize, wow, everyone is really open. Everyone's very candid. Uh, there's no competition here. Uh, even amongst people that do compete occasionally, it's this sense of by making you stronger doesn't make me weaker. And that's often the biggest surprise. At the end of the process, people tell us, I didn't realize the community aspect would be so valuable. I thought it was about the content or all the topics and that's, that, was, that was great, but the community was the biggest surprise. Yeah, we've done that with creative entrepreneurs. We did that with Cohort. We've done it with Jumpstart. Confab is an ongoing community. Yep. We, we almost can't get enough of that, but it, it's because it really does work. Um, and there's just so much good um, knowledge being passed on. And I think um, people drop their guard and uh, trust and love one another in a ge very genuine way that they can collaborate with another business owner that will understand their situation, give them some feedback, but also listen to their advice too. Um, it really does make all the difference. Well, what's gonna be interesting is in Revolve, we're gonna kind of push it to the next level because we have this idea of let's actually put time into a mastermind format where each week the group gets together as a, as a group, right? And processes in peer-driven discussion. So I, I know it's gonna be awesome, but we don't even really know yet what that looks like. So we're gonna be experimenting, but I, I almost feel like part of what's gonna come out of the pandemic and some of the lessons that we learn is we're gonna, yes, learn how to evolve in those areas we talked about of marketing and sales and production and finance. I think we're also going to emerge and recognize the other thing that changed in the world was our sense of community and the power of community and how, how in the world in 20, late 2020 or 2021, could you possibly think about running a creative firm without being plugged into a community of fellow owners? I, I imagine uh, going to a digital design day in 2022 and uh, having the regret happening in the room are the ones who are the people that weren't able to participate in these community groups because they're gonna recognize the difference and the collaboration and the excitement of these folks to see each other from all over the world to come together and see each other and share some time together. And then there's when people feel like they're on the outside, like they weren't part of it, they missed the boat. That's gonna be the regret I think people are gonna feel is, wow, something happened and I wasn't part of the, the key group that made it happen. Cause I think it's gonna be such a strong build and we'll have nostalgia for these for the next year or so. I, and not immediately, but there's going to be a sense of like, gosh, you remember 2021 when we, that pandemic and we made this great collaboration moment. And um, I'm reminded you know of the counts. great book uh, Tribe by Sebastian Junger, if I'm pronouncing it, pronouncing it right. But he made, does make that point that when you go through dark 
heavy times, periods of war, famine, uh, pandemics, that there is this solidarity that everyone shares, that you look back fondly and you almost say, gosh, I almost miss, miss what it was like in the pandemic. And so, yeah, we don't want people to regret. We want them to plug into those communities. So I guess we should make a, at least a shameless plug to uh, what, what's going to get underway on uh, May the 28th. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, on the 28th, we're going to actually start with the kickoff. We're going to do um, just a small group, start collaborating and start thinking through what the program's going to be and process that. For those of you who've been part of our cohort dinners and our cohort groups, we're going to do a reunion. We're going to have a conversation and try to just re reunite people because we know that the pandemic has offset some of those scheduled planned meetings we had, but also just to remind each other that we're there, we're still working and uh, great things are happening. And then revolve. I know I miss these people dearly um, that I've been having dinner with routinely, um, but it, it will be the first time we're going to have a global happy hour, right? So London, New York, LA, San Francisco, um, what am I missing? Oh, uh, Sydney and Melbourne. So yeah, we're going to bring that together. And of course, that community is going to catch up with everyone. How are you? How have you been doing? What's going on in business? How are you moving forward? So I'm excited to do that. And, and I'm curious oh, to see how wow. you're going to get those candid uh, shots that we have around the dinner table. How are you going to do that over Zoom? I'm going to be really curious how that plays out because <laughs> that's some of the best media we get is after those dinners. So good luck well, to you did, on that one. <laughs> I did, I did uh, throw the, the gauntlet down. I said, whoever comes up with the best name and recipe for a cocktail. I'm going to share it and disseminate it with the group. So someone's going to come up with some really cute, clever, saucy name for a, a cocktail. And of course, apologies to everyone in Australia who's in, in Asia who's going to be getting up at seven in the morning and being asked to uh, share a drink. Is someone going to ship us some like fancy gin so we can make that kind of cocktails oh, for right. ourselves? It's been known to happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, Tim, I'm excited for uh, I'm excited for June and July, as you say, because I think you and I both know, yes, absolutely, something's going to happen. We don't know what it is, but something's going to happen. So let's start preparing for it, even though we don't know what it is. Just because we don't know everything doesn't mean we don't know nothing, to use the uh, Southern uh, colloquialism. Yeah, I'm looking forward to June too. I think that's going to be a real time of um, separating the, the the strength and the weakness of our industry. And I think to get some of those false ideas, the toilet paper problems off of our off our mind, deal with the real issues, and really give people an infusion to get them started back into healthy place, um, release some of the stress, and honestly contribute to our our economy and our industry. I think all those are very valuable things that we have to be leaders on. And I'm, I'm just so thankful that we're part of a community, a larger community that um, um, is willing to do this with us, share these ideas with us and collaborate. Um, it's going to be a good time for you and I to, to just be leaders and listeners at that time. We're going to learn so much and share so much. Well, you're reminding me of what I called my benediction that I shared at Digital Design Days. And that is, as creative people, especially owners, you have so much power and the world needs creativity and innovation so much right now that we, we want to unleash that in you because the world needs it so much at this time. So if that's, if that's the part you and I get to play, Tim, you know, sign me up. I'm with you. And what a great place to end this podcast right now. Joel, thanks for being my guinea pig and answering those hard questions at the beginning. Again, you've been a good student. If you're answer, Something's right when you answer the questions the right way. So I'm glad I played into your hand because it would have been kind of <laughs> awkward if you were like, oh, no. Yeah, delete, start over. <laughs> no, but I think that um, there's just something great that's happening and we all recognize it. Um, so 
Thanks for, uh, again, making these podcasts happen and uh, keeping the conversation going because conversations change the world. Thanks, Tim. We are RevThink and we exist so you can thrive in business, life, and career. Thanks for letting us be part of your daily life, your listening life, and uh, your business life. Uh, We hope to talk to you again soon.